You look marvelous. You look so marvelous. This is the Rich Eisen Show. I have been attempting to dub Matt Ryan the natural since the Rich Eisen podcast. <laughs> Rich, you gotta move on. You gotta move on. I'm not giving up. <laughs> Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles, today's guests, Chicago Bears head coach Matt Nagy, host of Peacock's Pro Football the Rich Talk, Eisen Show. Mike Florio. Dallas Cowboys head coach Mike McCarthy, plus actor Josh Dumel. And now, you look marvelous. You look so marvelous. It's Rich Eisen. Okay, everybody, welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. May the seventh be with you, and also with you. Doesn't have uh, doesn't have the same. You know, juice to it. Uh, how are you, Chris Brockman? Good to see you. Man, over there. what are we talking about? We're talking about practice. What good are we to, talking? Good about? to see you over there, Mike Del Tufo. Good to good see you to see over you, there. Rich. How are you, T.J. Jefferson, Mister <laughs> Philadelphia Sixer fan? The reason why he's saying that, Brockman, is today is the anniversary. How many years was it? Uh, Nineteen. Nineteen year anniversary of the Allen Iverson practice rant. As we're we talking about practice but i'm good thanks for asking yeah. good to see you over yes. there sir always a pleasure always a pleasure to see you <laughs> um <laughs> lots a- to talk about on this show because today's also the anniversary of uh, uh, a day where i had a dagger stuck in me that was uh yeah, madison square garden where um uh, reggie miller scored uh 20, points <laughs> all of his career points in the last 19 <laughs> seconds of a game against the knicks <laughs> Yeah, that was great. Poor Greg Anthony. <laughs> well, what year was that? What, what, what year was that? That was uh, 95, I believe. Damn. 26 years ago? It's over a quarter century old? My gosh. I'm officially old. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, 1995. Wow. It's so actually we- a, kind of a big sports history day, too. Um, this is also the anniversary of MJ hitting the shot on Craig Elo. Okay. Uh, it's also the Nuggets beating the Sonics. To be the first eight to be one the one them, seed. That's with Dikembe having Mutombo. the ball over his head on the ground, right? Yeah. On the floor. What a great oh, And also, man. what was this, maybe two or three years ago? Bartolo Colon hitting his epic home run. <laughs> I, I think it was five years ago, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, oh I think it was like 16, maybe? Well, wow. we'll deep dive on all that over the three hours of this program. Two more National Football League head coaches sandwiched around Mike Florio in hour number two. Uh, Mike oh, now McCarthy. Florio's in the flauta. Uh, now Florio's <laughs> in the flauta, the head coaching flauta. Say that five Matt times. Nagy of the uh, uh, Chicago Bears coming up in 18 minutes. Mike McCarthy, our number three of the program. And then Josh Dumel. Um, you know, Josh Dumel uh, in a uh, new show on Netflix called Jupiter's Legacy. So uh, I love this guy. Uh, he'll be on an hour number three, diehard Vikings fan. And, um, you know, Nagy's booking and being here um, leads me to a thought that I, I I had based also on yesterday's program where uh, David Shaw of Stanford was on here talking about his quarterback, Davis Mills, going to the Houston Texans. And, you know, I retweeted that video this morning. Uh, the at Rich Eisen Show Twitter account is where we post many of our videos. Our YouTube stream is also highly popular, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. And I retweeted that video of David Sean. I basically said, there, there is no rookie quarterback born into the league in 2021 uh, under the, near the same circumstances as Davis Mills in Houston. And, you know, David Shaw said he can handle this. He'll be able to handle this, the this being... You know, is he there in the middle of a of a family squabble between Deshaun Watson and the Texans? Is he there as the starter, beating out Terod Taylor, a veteran, 
because Deshaun Watson is still there and suspended for whatever's going on in his life? Is he there? Is he there as the the savior at some point in the league? Is he there at the when when the team does inevitably turn from Deshaun Watson? There is no there are no circumstances like that. And think about again the the story that we have led the show with for four straight days, based on the report that is now eight days old that has since gained a lot of steam and more details to it. Jordan Love, how he got born into the league. And how that will inform him the rest of his career in the same way that has clearly informed Aaron Rodgers. He was born in the, in the league the very same way. With a GOAT quarterback who won one Super Bowl in Green Bay, can walk on water in that town. You know, 16 years with the team. Forcing his way out. Favre in years, played 16 years with the Packers. Sure did. And how that's going to inform Jordan Love and how... You know, is he built to handle it? Man, we're going to find out when that kid finally gets under center, whether it's in Green Bay this year, certainly Green Bay this summer is the way it looks, whether it's Green Bay this year or elsewhere, because Rodgers will get the resolution he's looking for. And then you take a look at the top of this year's draft. You've got two kids going to start right from the get-go, right from jump. Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Absolutely going to start day one for two franchises that have overall, with the utmost of respect, and you know which one in green as opposed to the teal means to me, two franchises that overall, in general, with bursts of success here and there, stinks on ice. (laughs) For two new head coaches that have never been a head coach in the National Football League, obviously one having an insanely successful Hall of Fame resume in college in Urban Meyer, and we'll see what Robert Sala does in New York. And there are plans for both. Offenses for both. Veteran, you know, staffs for both. You know, it seems like the Jacksonville staff is more veteran, been around longer than the staff that Robert Sala's put together, but they have a plan for both. There's Trey Lance. Trey Lance born into the league taken by a team that trades up nine spots two years after winning the Super Bowl with a coach and general manager firmly entrenched, firmly entrenched with a plan for this highly talented kid who supposedly needs more reps. And I say supposedly because the general sense is he played his last full year of football in 2019 and 2020 it was just one game before the North Dakota State Bison had the season canceled. They didn't even say we're going to play this fall. And Lance is like, doesn't matter if we're going to play in the spring. I'm, I'm out. See ya. Kind of worked out for Trey Lance. Sure did. <laughs> Where he could start week one, doesn't have to start week one. Could be in the week one lineup as, you know, a different option for Jimmy Garoppolo. Don't know if the team would want to risk their high-profile, high-upside asset on an end-around. I don't know. We'll see. You got the coach. You can kind of figure that one out. Then there's Justin Fields, whose coach is about to join us. Franchise absolutely starving for a bona fide face of the franchise, generationally talented, Dream quarterback. 
similar to what they see in Green Bay every single year. It's Justin Fields. Traded up nine spots to go get this young man. Fell out of the top ten. That's going to put a chip on his shoulder. And then he's got the rare situation of coming into the league drafted by a coach and general manager whose job it was to succeed with the second overall selected quarterback by the general manager, hiring the coach to get the number two overall quarterback to the heights that the Bears fans were hope he could be, that you would hope a number two overall quarterback's going to be, that the Jets fans hope Zach Wilson's going to be. Didn't work out for Trubisky, and yet the general manager's allowed to go ahead and move up in another draft to choose another rookie quarterback, and the coach who was coach of the year because in his first year actually seemed to start turning that second overall chosen quarterback into a successful quarterback. That doesn't work out. Coach gets to stay too. Clock restarts for everyone. Franchise coach, general manager, or does it? Or does it? Can this regime be bounced in year two of Justin Fields in the same way that the previous coaching staff for Nagy was bounced in year two for Trubisky. There's Mac Jones, drafted first round draft choice of an organization that has not chosen first round draft choice quarterback since 1994. When their current coach coached the Browns to the playoffs. Wow. Mac Jones is the guy after the guy after the guy, which is what you want. You never want to be the guy after the guy. You'd like to be the guy after the guy who's after the guy. That's what you want to be. <laughs> and that's what Mac Jones is in. What a spot. Does he have to start week one? No. Nope. When is he going to start? Usually that is what inflames a situation with a coach and the local media. But as we know, this current coach of Mac Jones, <laughs> give that a whirl. Yeah, doesn't care. <laughs> Nobody sucks the oxygen out of a supposed controversy or competition nobody places the velvet ropes around the club quite like bill belichick and that is what will support mac jones as he's drafted into the league that matter kyle trask drafted into the league to be the guy after the guy who's the same guy who's two guys removed from mac jones Thomas Edward Brady is welcoming Kyle Trask into his quarterback room. Kyle, sit back and learn and watch. And you, too, will be on the boat with me. (laughs) Grab an elbow, son, and lead me out from the parade because that's your job over the next two years. Focus, Kyle. Focus. Avocado tequila. Focus. And have Tom sit. That's it. You're drafted into the league, and you know, sit back. Enjoy the ride. Focus. Bring your notebook. Take note of every last detail. That's your job. And then Bruce Arians and maybe Byron Lefwich will be your coach. Byron Lefwich will be your guide. Get ready to risk it to get that biscuit, Kyle Trask. <laughs> That's your job. In like seven years, maybe? Well, Who knows <laughs> when Tom decides like is when Kyle will get. Yep, that's your future, Kyle, right there. In the white. That's how he's born into the league. Kellen Mond born into the league by chosen by being chosen first quarterback in the third round of a draft. He's got two years to to simmer and stay in the old oven. 
because all you got to do is look at Kirk Cousins' guaranteed money over the next couple years. Or if Cousins gets hurt, they might turn to this kid right away. Texas A&M quarterback. Jimbo Fisher was pumping him for the figurative Heisman over the last couple of months. And the Vikings say, that's the kid. He gets to sit back, sit in the quarterback room. Kirk Cousins, one of the best humans you could find. He will no doubt be the Mr. Chips for this kid and learn, Kellen, and maybe, just maybe, you get some reps and you might actually have to get some time if Cousins gets gets hurt. But he's the future maybe in the NFC North. Maybe we'll see Kellen Mond, Jordan Love battles twice a year versus Justin Fields twice a year versus Jared Goff or who knows, twice a year, very soon. But no pressure, no pressure. Ian Buck, drafted by Sean Payton. Welcome to the NFL. And guess what your height and weight is, supposedly, comparison-wise? Drew Brees. Does Sean Payton know what to do with a quarterback? Neck up, smart. And top of head down, a little bit needing to get on the tippy toes to see around. Does he know how to handle a kid like that? You bet. What a dream. Ian Book, going through the crucible of Notre Dame football. And you get drafted in the NFL and you get hooked up with Sean Payton? Sean Payton decides you have the talent that can actually work in his system? Really? That is luck. That's luck of the Irish right there. Jameis and Taysom Hill are in front of him, but why can't Ian Book be the quarterback with Taysom Hill still there if Jameis moves on or they move on from him? Obviously, Jameis has an opportunity there. And we talked about it. Everyone go to our YouTube stream. We talked about it. That maybe, just maybe, Sean Payton's just that sort of crazy that decides to have a two-quarterback system in the NFL one day. He kind of shot that down when I mentioned it about Jameis versus Taysom Hill. That, hey, you need somebody to push the ball down the field 50 yards. You need some sort of big passing game. rest of the league might know, okay, here comes Jameis is what we're going to do. And then maybe you hit him with a draw play with Alvin Kamara or a little screen pass and look out. And then in comes Taysom Hill, and you got to figure out what the hell's happening in this drive. Maybe Ian Book could be the guy for the future. And then there's Davis Mills. My gosh, there is no, nothing that I just laid out that's comparison can compare to what's going on there. No idea what he's going to get in. No idea if it's going to be Deshaun Watson's team still. No idea if he's just going to get thrown in the deep end of the pool. All due respect to Terod Taylor, who thinks he might get another shot again. Guy always does, seems to get a shot, and then the football fates. Concussion against the Jets on a Thursday night. In comes Baker Mayfield. Week two, bad shot in the side. In comes Justin Herbert, and that's all she wrote here in Los Angeles. Good luck to Davis Mills. I'll tell you, just put a button on it. Out of all the quarterback situations I would want, and this includes... Urban Meyer hooking up with Trevor Lawrence. And this includes, you know, Justin Fields with our next guest who brings the Andy Reid system in and Ian Book who gets to cook and learn from Sean Payton or Kyle Trask learning at the the side of Tom Brady, but he's got to be the man after the man. And Mac Jones being hooked up with New England. Best situation out of all of them. You want to be with a coach who knows what to do with you. You want to be in a coach that's invested in you. 
You want to be with a general manager who's going to stick around and build around you. You want to be with an owner who understands that and is going to lay back. And you want to be with a team that can win right now. That's Trey Lance and the San Francisco 49ers. What a jackpot for him. And the fact that he bet on himself all that time ago from that small Minnesota town saying, I'm not going to take an offer for anything less than me being a quarterback. And now he's third overall and he's Kyle Shanahan's choice and the 49ers man of the future in a system that clearly can work for a team that went to the Super Bowl two years ago. Jackpot. Right across. And he's the one-armed bandit. Take a break. We'll talk about Matt Nagy and Justin Fields and when he'll be ready and the whole choice of all that. Mike McCarthy of the Dallas Cowboys. Josh Dumel loves his Minnesota Vikings and his North Dakota. He's from there. And Mike Florio on what the hell is going on in cheesehead country. <laughs> and you at 844-204-RICH. Number to dial here on this busy Friday edition of the Rich Eisen Show. Phil Mickelson, Xander Shoffley, John Rahm, and that guy in your group. That's making all the birdies. They all play a Callaway Chrome Soft golf ball. That's because Callaway doesn't just make a better ball for tour players. They make a better tall, a tour ball for everyone. I play it. I'm that guy in the group that's making all the bogeys. I'll be honest with you. But it's got nothing to do with the ball. It's just operator. <laughs> There's the original Chrome Soft, Callaway's number selling tour ball because most golfers love the combination of incredible distance, soft feel, and short game control. That's what I use, and I can even tell the difference when I strike the ball. Then there's that Callaway number one ball on Tour Chrome Soft X, designed to give elite players precise shot workability, amazing greenside action. You want to hit bombs like Phil, Rom, and Xander? There's the Callaway longest Tour ball. The new Chrome Soft XLS low spin profile provides max distance off the tee, Tour level short game spin. Chrome Soft isn't just better people; it's better for everyone. Find your Chrome Soft today at CallawayGolf.com/slash/ChromeSoft. CallawayGolf.com/slash/ChromeSoft. Matt Nagy of the Bears when we come back. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time 
Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Let's get to it uh, with the Big Lebowski. How were you introduced to that film? I ran into the Coen brothers a couple of years before that, I guess, mm-hmm. at a party, and they said, well, we're writing something for you. I said, oh, great, because I was a big fan of Blood Simple and some other early sure. films. And then I got the script, and I said, what? This is not, not like anything I've done. Were you were you spying? And were, you know, did you crash some of my high school parties? And you, you know, I mean, where where did this guy come from? But I, I was thrilled to to work with those guys. They're real. They're real masters. They know how to do it. Was that character based on anybody that you know? Yeah, it was based on a guy named Jeff Dowd. For them, you know, mm-hmm. they they used him quite a bit. I met him. He came on the script. I didn't uh, use him too much. I really referenced. Uh, myself, and, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, and uh, and the script, you know. When did you realize that this film would become, in many ways, Cut, a, yeah. it's, you can't even call it a cult. It's it's a classic. It's just oh. a flat out classic now. Yeah, yeah. For the uh, big Lebowski. I was surprised because we had a great time making it, and we were all you know laughing and you know thinking oh, you know this was a fun movie we didn't think it was going to be anything like it was today mm-hmm. but i was surprised when it first came out and did nothing it was like you know kind of a bomb and then it uh, played in europe and they got it and then it splashed back over uh, on our shores and in a you know, he grew to become what well, it is. As one of our colleagues on this show has a friend who went to a, a Lebowski bar oh. in Iceland. Oh he yeah, got a yeah. We got these. We have uh, Lebowski fests. Um, I've been to one. I played with my band at a Lebowski fest. <laughs> that was my Beatle moment. Man. You know, <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> Playing to a sea of dudes and bowling pins <laughs> and you know, moms—it's totally surreal. Oh my god! It is like a psychedelic journey in itself, right but there. But basically, it's just—it's just such a great movie, executed so well, and uh, like many um, masters, uh, you know, the Coen Brothers make it look like it's just nothing has fallen off a log. Yeah. You know? But when you really look at it. Man, it is executed yeah, so brilliantly. Well, they're geniuses. I mean, for Raising Arizona, we could go on and yeah. on about the Roger films. Roger De- the- uh, Deakins, the you know, cinematographer, did such a beautiful job. And you're not, you don't think of it as, you know, thinking of a movie that, uh, you know, is shot beautifully. But if you look at that movie, the camera is right just where you want it. It's nothing showing. There's no showing off. It's mm-hmm. just everything is just right. Love that guy. That was four years ago this coming fall, and we send our best and hope his battle with lymphoma is going as successful as as we want it to. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Mike McCarthy of the Cowboys later on on this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. We've had so many uh, uh, head coaches in the NFL on this week from uh, Frank Reich yesterday and obviously Sean Payton a couple of days ago. Kyle Shanahan kicked off our post-draft week on Monday uh, after the uh, the trade from 12 to 3 in the first round for a first-round drafted quarterback. That was done well in advance. The Bears made their move on draft night, and the head coach of the Chicago Bears kind enough to call back into this show. Matt Nagy, how are you, coach? 
Hey, Rich, how you doing? I'm doing great. You are indeed. You are indeed. You've got a new quarterback in the fold. Um, how how closely were you monitoring Justin Fields throughout this entire process? Walk me through your your evaluation of him and your decision to say let's go get him. Yeah, no, it was a uh, it was a fun process. Um, anytime you're <clears throat> evaluating all these guys, let alone the quarterback position, and you know those those five guys there in the first round, they're all so different, but but yet so uh, many good qualities to them and. Um, with Justin, it was just one of those things where the more tape you watch, the more people you talk to, the more you really realize the, uh, the possibility that something could happen, you really started visualizing it. And, uh, you know, Ryan and I just kind of going through our evaluations and then my discussions going back to last year with Coach Ryan Day as we were talking through some of his Ohio State players, and then we got to Justin uh, it's amazing how things happen and why things happen. And so to be able to be in that draft room that day, be able to have somebody that will move up, let us move up to 11 with the Giants and, and get a talent like Justin, uh, it was certainly you know really exciting. Well, you know, and obviously I, I want to put a pin in the Justin conversation for just a moment um, and go even further back in time. And, and, and I understand whenever I ask a coach about something like this, it can be viewed and read as, well, Justin wasn't our first option, but it's understood that the first option could potentially be Russell Wilson. That makes complete sense. Uh, how, how close did, your, did you guys ever come to your YOLO attempt at Russell Wilson at, in well, North Dakota? Well, I think that the, the biggest thing for when, when we go into that, that part of our uh, structure there offensively is, you know, knowing the direction we were going to go to with the quarterback and, and Russell being one of those that, that obviously not from our end, but from, from that side uh, popped up, it was something that we, we looked into and, you know, there it's, it's uh, <clears throat> all these guys, you have to say to yourself, okay, what's real and what's not real. And there's just so many things that, that go into a decision like that. And they're big decisions, but Ultimately, in the end, I think you know, Rich. Like, you know, you have a, a team in Seattle who was obviously very uh, happy with him and, and wasn't going to do anything with him. And so, for us, we definitely explored it. But uh, in the end, uh, you know, obviously, nothing came to fruition. So, I guess um, then it's a waste of my time to ask you if you kick the tires on trying to get Aaron Rodgers, like uh, the first. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, it, that would be a waste of your time. Although, you know, we. we we uh, we certainly know what kind of player he is, and I did the last three years here. But yeah, that's us. Uh, definitely stay away from that. No, I could see. I guess a very very warm place would have to freeze over many many times for for that uh, <laughs> conversation. Even probably to... probably a few times, like you're saying. I bet so. So uh, then comes the conversation about um, you and Justin Fields and what plan you see for him right now. Yeah. Nagy. yeah, so that, that, that's, that's real, and I think that's probably the million-dollar question for so many people, uh, so many of our fans across the country, our city of Chicago, our players, coaches, everybody. And um, as we went into this, that, that, that is w- one thing that we got to be really, really clean with. We gotta under- I understand from the front end, from an outsider's perspective, hey, it's real simple. This, this kid, you know, how do you not play him? He's so talented. He's got to play week one. He's got to be the starter week one. How do you not do that? Well, there's a lot of things that go into that. And for me, I was fortunate enough to be in a similar, I'm not saying the same, but similar situation 
with Alex Smith and, and Patrick. And the blueprint of that, um, of being able for me to be involved in every one of those meetings, every one of those practices, every one of those travel days on the bus and airplane to the hotel, every one of those sideline conversations that we had uh, from week one until the end of the regular season and into the playoffs. And two people that have different avenues in Alex and Patrick and different personalities. But um, in the end, it ended up working for both of them. And that's at least where we're going to start. We have a guy in Andy Dalton that we have a lot of belief in. He's had a nine-year career. Um, and a lot of he's seen a lot of different defenses. He's a he's a true pro, and he's come in here to be able to help us out as much as he can. And I think when you bring Justin into the mix, there's so many different things that he has to learn that go into being an NFL quarterback. And you know he's sending us video clips of just the simplicities of calling a cadence at the line of scrimmage from his bedroom so we can hear the cadences and what it sounds like with the voice inflection. He hasn't had to really do that in college. It's a knee lift or a clap of the hands. And so everything that we all take for granted that we think is simple, when you get to rookie minicamp for the first time and you're calling a cadence at the line of scrimmage or you're calling a play in a huddle, which you really never had to do, that's hard, that's different, and it takes time. And what that does is it takes away from your strengths as a football player that we all see what you do. And so we got to make sure as a staff that we take it step by step and don't rush it. If we rush it and we take this thing too fast and he's not ready, it's going to be bad for the Chicago Bears and it's going to be bad for Justin Fields. And in the end, this needs to be the best decision for the Chicago Bears and for Justin Fields. So you're you're making him take selfie videos in his in his room going through the cadence of plays that, that are that are on that BU play sheet yeah. that you hold up. <laughs> so it's going Yeah. Yeah. So he's sending us uh, video clips of what his voice sounds like and ha- like he's at the line of scrimmage from his bedroom. And then Coach Flip, our quarterback coach, passing game coordinator, is uh, having him do a bunch of flashcards and drawing up every motion formation shift that we have in the offense. And it's literally day one, 101, so that he can come in here and, and, and step-by-step learn how to play the quarterback position. Matt Nagy, head coach, former coach of the year, I guess once you're coach of the year, always coach of the year, uh, of the Chicago Bears right here on the Rich Eisen Show. So, you know, you mentioned how you, you've been through uh, the drafting of a first-round quarterback that you've traded up to go get and then sit him for the bulk of an entire season with the exception of the, the last game in Patrick Mahomes um, while Alex Smith took all the other starts. Um, what what did Mahomes learn, did you think, that you think could be yeah. translatable to Justin Fields? Like, literally, we've all seen what Mahomes has become. What did right. what did he glean? Like, what, well, you, you had a front row seat for that. What do you think he gleaned that you think Justin Fields could glean from, sure. from that? Sure, I think number one is understanding what the tempo is like in practice. So he got to see how did what was Alex's routine every day. How did he start practice with his, his, his warm-ups, with his, his throws, how did he, um, uh, you know, communicate with players in between practice and series on offense uh, w- with things that they're doing right or wrong? Or how, how does he get extra work after practice? How do you watch tape? So we can all put on the video and say, hey, yeah, I just watched the game of the San Francisco 49ers versus the Minnesota Vikings. But what are you really watching? Is there what kind of cutups are you watching? How are you taking notes? Um, what time are you getting in in the morning and why are you getting in that early or that late? How late are you staying? Um, what does your, are you investing in your body? Are you lifting weights Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or is it three days a week and, or, or two or three days a week? 
Um, just uh, listening, I think the greatest thing that Patrick did, and this is in his DNA, it's very natural for him, is he came in day one, and he came in and he listened. He was an observer, and he listened to what Alex said. He watched him. He, he took notes. And there might have been some things that he wanted to ask him, but he waited for the right time to do it in front of the right people. And then inevitably, over time, by the end of the week in that game that you just mentioned, that Patrick got his first start against the Broncos in Denver week 16, by that end of the season, Alex was now asking Patrick questions about what he's seeing with the opposing defense. To me, that was more powerful than anything. They built trust in one another and they did it the right way. They took the egos and they threw them out the door. Patrick was willing to learn from Alex. Alex was willing to learn from Patrick, and it was a win-win for the Kansas City Chiefs. And that, to me, for Patrick, he'll always look back, I bet, and say it was a very, very valuable and important year. Is well, that going to happen for us? I don't know. you know. But that's at least where we're going to start. Well, and I, I think it's a terrific start, Coach, but, you know, uh, I'll shoot you straight. I always do that, and I always appreciate yep. that you you do the same. You know, Kansas uh, uh, City's not Chicago. Uh, Alex Smith had years of playoff experience for the fan base built up. Um, Andy Dalton's coming in. We all know um, Andy's got some experience winning championships in the AFC North. But uh, I, I, I don't know if you're going to – have the luxury that you're referring to. And I'm wondering if how, how do you prepare for that, that you want to hold off, but um, maybe the circumstances won't allow you to, Coach. Yeah, so, and, and that's very, very real and true. And, and you know, it is, that's why I say it is slightly different because Alex did have those four years and playoff games with his own teammates, coaches, and, and city that Andy doesn't have. You know, Andy hasn't been with any of these players yet. Uh, let alone any any one season. So that's where we got to make sure, meaning myself and our coaching staff, that that um, our, the scenario that plays out is right for Justin and the Chicago Bears. And what I mean by that is Justin has to be ready. Uh, the worst thing that that would that we could do is put Justin into a situation where there's some you know where he failed. And, it, and it's hard for him. Now, is there going to be times where he fails? Absolutely. That's how you learn. But we will know if Justin gives us a better chance to win than Andy does, then that's something that we and myself as the head coach who makes the decision will have to make that choice. Uh, we have a lot of belief with the roster that we have and the players we have that with Andy we can do a lot of good things. Um, but we also have to be real, and, and be, I have to be prepared for what you just brought up. And as long as we know that whoever that quarterback is, that they're better for the Bears, and if that's Justin, then we'll do that. And no matter whether it's whatever week it is, we will make sure that it's best scenario for Justin and best for the Bears. So then you're not the one who hit send on the tweet that said Andy Dalton was QB1 of your team? <laughs> is that what you're saying to me? You're not that guy? <laughs> Uh, you didn't it, Sen? No. no. Uh, <laughs> I feel bad, you know, because I also called out the whoever was the, I'm sure it's a very conscientious person who's the uh, running your account. I, I feel bad taking a shot. The person, you know, might be in their 20s or something like that. But did somebody bring that to your attention? Did you get that? Well, attention? I just think, you know, we, we, we go through everything. And, you know, our, our, our uh, people in our whole organization, you know, <laughs> they, they work hard and they do everything they can to, to help our team out and 
Um, you know, there, there's an excitement with Andy and, and, you know, this is, uh, where we are and, and uh, we're proud of the guys we have and looking forward to, to getting Andy going. They were just being them, right? Whoever hits that, send. That, see, that, right? there you go. That's exactly <laughs> right. I like it. They were just being them. That's all they were. <laughs> um, and, and what about you, Coach? I mean, you know, you're, you're a very positive guy, and, and that, that, that obviously serves being a head coach in the NFL, certainly of the Chicago Bears. You know, you're, uh, you're aware, you're, you know this league, to, to get another opportunity to coach uh, a, a rookie or you obviously were coaching Trubisky in year two, and that did not work out, as we all know, despite you winning coach of the year in your first year with him. To get another crack at it is is it's a rarity in this league. Do you ever sit around and take stock in something like that for your opportunity? No, I do. You have? I, I absolutely do, and I think that every, every day that I'm in this position, and I've been you know uh, very fortunate to work for uh, the McCaskey family and and uh you know this this organization and who we have here you know i i appreciate the opportunity they've given me and it's it's been uh you know coming in in 2018 and having the success we had as a team and winning the nfc north and going to the playoffs and and then the following year we missed the playoffs and uh you know and and then you go back to the playoffs this year but you you know you're through, you go through a losing streak that was difficult but in the end you're you're surrounded by good people um, that support you, and I think that starts at the very top, and that's what I'm thankful for. And there's a belief, and there's a trust, and they have that in us. We have that in them, and it's our job as leaders, you know, is to make sure that you stay positive and that everybody understands that this thing is alive. There's an excitement, um, you know, when you go through these trials and tribulations and you, sh- you hit adversity. Um, there's that fork in the road, and you can go different ways. And this this city, this organization, um, our team, the last couple of years, has fought through the, that adversity. And now here we are presented, for, for me selfishly, with a fourth year to be able to, to have another opportunity. And now with Justin, um, it's, it's about developing. He needs to have a successful entry into this league. And I feel like I was taught by one of the best coaches, if not the greatest coach in the history of the NFL, and Coach Andy Reid, and he taught me how to be a head coach and how to, you know, handle situations and develop quarterbacks like this. And so um, we're all going to do it together. I got great coaches and Ryan Pace and I doing this thing together. And, and so that, that's where we're at, man. And it's uh, for us right now, it's good times and we, we need to make the most of it and be great coaches. No doubt. And, you know, I know you had a still rest of the first round to monitor and then the next two days of the draft to monitor. But when you hung up the phone from Justin Fields and everything was completed, you, you had to just sit back and go, okay, here we go. Like this is what an opportunity, what a major refresh, what a reset button that we just hit. Um, that had to be a good few minutes for you and Ryan Pace in that draft. It, it was. I and, imagine. And, you know, as you go into that draft when everything happens – we went and we congratulated all of our coaches, all of our personnel, our scouts, everybody, and there was probably a good hour or two that passed. But when the dust settled at nighttime and, and everything was done, the draft was over, uh, you know, I walked into Ryan's office and he just, uh, you, you, we, you know, we gave each other just a little fist bump and, and, and just, uh, you know, post-COVID here, but a little fist bump and just like, you know, hey, there's so much stuff that goes into that, that one night. And you never know how it's going to go. There's so many phone conversations. There's so many hours of watching tape. There's so many different opinions from different people. And in the end, you know, you, you end up getting your guy in Justin Fields. And that's a good feeling. And now, like I told Ryan, you know, 
we went and we got this guy, and now it's our job as a coaching staff to develop him, and we need to do everything we can so that he has a hell of a career. And however that is, and when we look back, we say we did it the right way, and it was best for the Chicago Bears and Justin Fields, and we'll see when that is. Matt Nagy, thank you for the time. As always, always appreciate your your coming on this show. Uh, Always uh, enjoy our chats. Let's do it again down the line. Have a good spring and summer. We'll chat. Thanks, Rich. You take care. If you ever need anything, shout. I really appreciate you saying that. Look for my call. That's Matt Nagy, Bears head coach, 2018 NFL Coach of the Year. As I told you, you know, when you're born in the league, you're born in a league with a coach that's just uh, like how Sam Darnold was born in the league. Look how he was born in the league. Coach changes, then general manager changes, then Mono comes. I mean, seriously. Uh, uh, you know, and now he's got another shot, but what he did with the Jets will inform his chip on his shoulder and his next opportunity. Justin Fields, you just heard this coach understands. We're going to try and sit him. Not a shot. I don't think. You don't think? No. I think he's, he's there got- week one. No, I don't know about week one. I honestly don't know about week one. And Andy Dalton is, and I say this with the utmost of respect, which I know allows me to say what I'm going to say next. He is a solid quarterback in the NFL. And you know how I feel about the word solid, that he is, he can win you football games. He can win you a division. Yeah, and he's done it four times. He can win you a division. Four, four he can first. win you a division. He can also have clunkers while going on the ride in the division. And you, but you can't go to Chicago and say we're going to win divisions. No. I mean, that alone would be great because that means you beat Green Bay. I think but, they but take you, that at this point. No, right? they, <laughs> no. They, they, look, you've got, if you draft somebody like Justin Fields, you want to go win championships. That's what you're there for. And so what I'm saying is here's the deal. They've made the playoffs already, right? They, they made it and hosted a playoff game. They won a division with Trubisky, right? Yeah, And then they made the playoffs last year with all the slime in the end zones, and that was the end of it. <laughs> and so, in New Orleans. And so, they got to do better than this. And Bears fans don't, after Trubisky, want to see Andy Dalton play 16 regular season games because you know the 17th would be the spot where Justin Fields comes in. I will take the under on that. I will think that the kid is going to be ready enough Dalton, as you know, has trouble sometimes staying healthy. But I think they're going to attempt what now. I think I, what Nagy is saying that that's our attempt. But that's what I'm saying. Look, Kansas City is Kansas City. Chicago is Chicago. Kansas City had four years of Alex Smith, former first overall drafted yeah. quarterback, who came in and actually took him to the playoffs. Andy Dalton's coming off of a lost season in Dallas after the the Bengals, and everyone has a certain sense of of the Bengals in in the Midwest. Chicago Bears fans do not sign up for Bengals <laughs> results. That's yeah. a fact. That's a fact. And so you are we're going to have to see. But Justin Fields is a guy who's committed. Good for him. I know he waited 11 spots. I know it was a wait for him, and that's going to have a chip on his shoulder. Because, you know, the, the, the sliding out of the top 10 is this generation's version of getting drafted 24th overall. Like In any Rogers. other year, he would have been the first or second pick. Let's take a break. When we come back, uh, my Just Getting Started podcast guest talking about a Super Bowl team for this year that nobody's talking Super Bowl for. That's coming up. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, 
O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Let's start with Bobby Boucher, and we'll put our own uh, Rich Eisen show draft profile up. Boucher primarily lines up as an off-the-ball linebacker. However, they will use him off the edge in some obvious passing situations. Against the run, he's very aggressive to fill and attack blockers. Doesn't use his hands to shed, preferring to simply lower his shoulder and power through blocks. (laughs) Has the range to make plays sideline to sideline. He's an outstanding blitzer, showing timing burst and a violent finish. He will need to abandon the drop kick at the next level. Uh, I don't see him being the primary signal caller or communicator but his play instincts are in, are exceptional. Overall, Boucher plays a lot bigger than his size, should be an immediate impact player on day one. Wow. wow. Interesting. Moving on to Johnny Utah, uh, quarterback yep. the Ohio State University. Utah's a wild card in this draft, doesn't have a lot of film. Has average athleticism and an awkward three-quarter left-handed delivery. His best traits are his toughness and competitiveness. Yeah. Never gives up on a play. He'll fight for every yard as a runner. He's a little too high on the board for me right now. Okay. He's got to go down. It's got to be that way. Uh, I would consider hiring him after his playing days are over. He okay. could have a long career associated with the game, either an outstanding coach, a prominent scout, or a special agent. Okay, next up, uh, Willie Beeman, quarterback, University of Houston. Sure. Beeman, a little bit of a late bloomer. He's originally a seventh-round pick, bounced around to four different teams. Uh, He's since settled in and emerged as a dangerous playmaker as both a passer and a runner. He's at his best when the play breaks down, using that athleticism to extend plays while keeping his eyes downfield. His immaturity is an issue, and I believe there is something to the rumors about his poor relationship with his star running back. Uh, I think it's important for his coaches to understand how to best use his skill set. The lack of RPOs is a major mistake. Uh, he'll excel in the right system and should emerge as the best player in the league. He's my number one player. Wow! wow. Last one, uh, I'll be honest with you, uh, I'm partial. One of the greatest kick returners I've ever seen from uh, Alabama, Forrest Gump. Gump is a dynamic kick returner for the Crimson Tide. He's made an impact in plays in every game that I've studied. Uh, he's the definition of straight line fast. Lacks elusiveness and make missability, but it doesn't seem to matter. He gets up to top speed immediately and destroys pursuit angles. I'd like to see him involved in the offense because I believe his speed would play well on jet sweeps, reverses, and vertical takeoff routes. 
the trainers told me that he's had some durability issues as a young kid, but they haven't had any issues at Alabama. The head coach worries about his ability to learn and grasp concepts. He even actually referred to him as a stupid SOB when he was talking to me. Uh, I wouldn't be ping-ponging him back and forth between positions. Uh, he'll be a good soldier, provided you surround him with a good lieutenant, and I'd be shot in the butt to draft him again. <laughs> Wow. Jeremiah. Well this done. This is why we DJ. called you, DJ. I think he hung up. He hit his he hit his uh, AirPods, too. Yeah. He, he actually, like, boom, he's gone. He had more to uh, say. but uh, uh, Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. Great chat with Matt Nagy there. Mike McCarthy uh, coming up in hour number three. Mike Florio to give us the what's what, the latest after a very crazy draft weekend and then taking up us to the to this very moment. Rutherford Falls right here on Peacock when we're done with this show. Maybe you should check out the new Ed Helms venture. Uh, Rutherford Falls, the past does keep popping up. A Peacock original, all episodes streaming right now here on this fantastic streamer on which we appear every day live after the Dan Patrick Show taking you to brother from another NBC Sports on Peacock to get Peacock Go to PeacockTV.com or just download the app. Um, so uh, you can also download the latest episode of my podcast. The latest episode, episode 10 of Just Getting Started. I've done 10 hey, of these. Hey. Uh, yeah, again, it's just a, a, a podcast based on the origin stories of my guests. It's a little bit different than what we do here, um, but sometimes we do talk a little sports after we get the origin stories uh, from my guests to try and uh, inspire those who may need to just get started on what's going on in their lives. So this week, my guest is a kid from Parma, Ohio, who uh, wanted to be a WWE superstar and is now one. The Miz. We recorded it Monday when he was in Tampa before he did uh, Monday Night Raw. Mm-hmm. And uh, also figured, let's get him on, talk about his origin story. And we just came back from Cleveland and his town and his Browns were on full display for the draft. And this is what he had to say on this subject. Let's talk about your Browns. I mean, let's talk about it. We're going to the Super Bowl. We're going to the Super Bowl. We were going to the Super Bowl before the draft. And now we've picked up everything that we slightly needed. Like we needed a cornerback because sometimes our cornerbacks get injured. So we got ourselves a cornerback. We got ourselves a safety linebackers. Check, check, check. Like, we got, you know what? We have two A-plus running backs, and we were like, you know what? Let's add another. And let's add the fastest guy at the combine at at wide receiver. Let's Mm -hmm. add him, too. Let's Mm -hmm. just throw them in the mix. And then, by the way, I saw, like, a a tweet out from Des Bryant yesterday going, uh, uh, ACL, like, what happened to uh, Odell's ACL? Because Odell Beckham was literally training, and he is fast. Like, real fast. I don't know if you saw that video. Oh, yeah. But he looks fast, and I'm like, wait a second. So Odell's still fast. We got Jarvis. We got Hooper. We got Hunt. We got Chubb. Baker's an uh, all-star. I mean, what else do you want? And then we have all these draft picks. I'm ready to go. Yeah, the defense. And you got the right coach. And here's the thing, too. The, the, The crazy thing is 11 wins last year. First playoff win since Belichick's the coach. You, I mean, that game against the Steelers, you must have lost your mind when you're up like 28, like the first quarter. I thought you were going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. I honestly did. I was like, we're going to beat them. We're going to beat them. But now, so we went to the playoffs, and that's 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 one thing, right? right? right. To go to the playoffs is one thing. To win in the playoffs. Yeah. Now, not only do you know how to get to the playoffs, you know how to win in the playoffs. 
Now it's figuring out how to get to the Super Bowl. That's the next step. And I think this year is that next step. I got to tell you this. We've heard from the Miz many times because we we do the Allison Chains Fantasy Football League with yes, him and other yes, celebrities. We we and do. we've had him on as well. And And here's his problem with saying this now. He says that all the time. So, (laughs) however, I will say this. This is the first time where I think he may not be too damn far off. I'm serious. I'm serious. Browns were one of the final eight. They did give the Chiefs all they could handle. First half, ball, ball. Gets knocked through the end zone fumble. I understand. I hate the rule. I understand what the rule is. I understand what happened is still within the rules of play. And you got to play better than the refs ref or the rules come into play and what have you. But he's not wrong. Name me another team with a running core like that. Name me another team with a a receiving core with Landry and Odell coming back. Name me another team with bookend defensive ends. Like Miles Garrett Ooh. popping out of his out of his velvet. Have you seen suit. pictures? Can we of talk that about? I've seen pictures. He was at the draft announcing a pick. It was like he was bulging out of the thing. It was like a smedium, or he's just ripped. He's just and jacked. then he's now a real he, life superhero, dude. You had Clowney. <clears throat> so that's two first overall drafted pass rushers. Oh wow! Yeah. And then what he just said about the draft. This kid Greg Newsom, the second from Northwestern's a great, a really good corner. And the kid Jer- Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa, the linebacker for Notre Dame, had a, a health red flag that came up that popped him all the way down to the second round. And Anthony Schwartz is the Auburn receiver. He's talking about being the fastest. He mentioned the combine, but the pro day season. And this is the first time the Browns drafted where they were, and they didn't have a lot of holes to fill. They're just adding depth now. And a coach who clearly has had the team at hello, and if Baker takes that big step forward, you cannot discount the fact they also have a third-place schedule. They're going to be beaten up on a lot of teams that are lesser than. Ah, uh, Rich, you know what you do now? You swap out Baker for Aaron Rodgers. I know you keep saying that. <laughs> I don't and now see we're that talking happening. Super Bowl. Well, favorite. I mean, then we're all on uh, on the train. But uh, even with Baker. He took such a huge step forward. What if there's another one coming? And he doesn't make all those mistakes that he did in his first few years again. And they do have the running back core that's going the way that they do. And they do have Odell coming back with a chip on his shoulder. And they do have, you know, Austin Hooper. Don't forget that. The line protects and they're healthy. They go hunt. Their, their, their front seven's fast. That kid from Notre Dame's a thumper, man. I'm just throwing it all out there. The Miz may not be too far off, finally. Oh, and by the way, (laughs) just getting started, we're all podcasts required. Mike Florio coming up. Tell me I'm wrong. On paper, yeah, it sounds... Well, on on, on the field last year. Yeah, I mean... An 11-win team. He's also not wrong that they've been to the playoffs. They got that out of the way. They finally got it out of the way. They won a game. They spanked the team they beat. And it's not just any team. It's the team they hate the most. Yeah. Your biggest well, rival. I mean, I, I don't know. The Ravens, you know, 
kind of took their franchise. But the Steelers are still the Steelers yeah. in Cleveland. That got the lustiest boos in the draft hall. They sure did. They booed DMC, Rich. They did. <laughs> Browns they booed DMC. Browns win total from Vegas for next year. Ten. Over under ten. When was the last time the Browns were installed as such? Is, I wouldn't know. I that, wouldn't know. I'm just saying I don't know. There's an extra game this year. Ten. Oh, it's an extra game. That's right. Dude, I don't, I don't uh, partake in such games of chance. Maybe we should. I don't Rich. understand what you mean by win total. <laughs> by the way, Browns to make the playoffs, minus 210. Big favorite to make the playoffs. Why Which, wouldn't they be? Win total means the amount of games they think they're going to win. I think that's... That's you know, what that means. Good, that's, good job, TJ. I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> Come on, baby. Browns, really Browns 16-1 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. And like you said, they can run the football, which means they can control the clock. Where does that They are seventh. Oof. Actually, they're sixth. They're tied with the Ravens. Ravens and Browns, 16 to 1. That's not a bad bet. Where are the Cowboys at? Like 2 to 1? Uh oh. 3 to 1? I don't know how these work either. 33 to 1. Is that good? By the way, the Browns have half the odds of the Cowboys. (laughs) I mean, why wouldn't you? uh, Honestly. It's the first time I'm watching a Browns draft, and I'm not sitting there thinking, what, why are they not going with need? Because they really didn't have much. It was just like, let's get depth. The need was corner. The need was corner because, you know. Well, they got Ward. Well, but Ward doesn't stay healthy enough. But when he's he out there, he's When he's out there, he's out there. But if he's out, he's just got to get out there. Yeah. Rich, you know whose origin story I'd like to see next? Who's? Mike Del Tufo. I don't know if that'll move pods. <laughs> oh, it definitely will. Hey, I don't know. Yeah, I'll move the needle. <laughs> oh, I can move the needle, Rich. The name of the podcast would then be called I Just Getting Ended. <laughs> I move needles every day. Just Getting Ended. Mike, <laughs> tell me about that time you dropped Liza no, Manley off no, at Scott Baio's house for a booty call. The name of that podcast is Just Getting Embellished. Yes, yes. Yeah, well just... done. <laughs> Mike Florio, Hour 2, coming up.